Welcome to the podcast, In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim Elmore, and I'm the lead pastor at Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario. And I'm Marshall Morden, the associate pastor at that same church. And here we are, yeah. ready to talk about some uh, some Isaiah and some Kings. Mm-hmm. And maybe a little Nahum in there, we'll throw that in. A little, little sprinkle in Nahum. A little, little sprinkle. <laughs> yeah, Nahum's almost an aside in this week's it uh, is. word. Yeah. So, uh... So we're jumping right into it without any sort of like back and forth dialogue kind of convo. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Nobody nobody wants to hear what we're doing anyway. We're <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, just, we're we're just bet- plug in, just plug it, pause it right here and plug in something about weather and start it back up again. <laughs> that's right. Who needs a chit chat? Who needs the chit chat? So what's okay, so we've been working through Isaiah. We're gonna complete Isaiah this week. Um and we've heard a lot of judgment, a lot of condemnation coming, but there's a there's a bit of there's a bit of a shift, I think, that we're yeah. seeing towards the end of Isaiah. There's some there's some he's got some good news mm-hmm. to mix in with a lot of the bad news that we've we've heard in, in previous weeks. Right. Um, but the story of Israel right now, I mean, it's a mixed bag. It is all over the place. Yeah. I mean, what what you had kind of said before, just before we started, was you know the ups and downs of the nation of Israel. Maybe you said it, and I agreed with it. But uh, ups and downs. That's right. It's uh, this is a, and and one of the reasons we, uh, one of the things, not one of the reasons, one of the things that I wanted to point out in this is we were getting ready, and and you said, hey, this is a good week to talk about because it's more more good than bad. Mm-hmm. Funny thing, I took it the exact opposite way. Okay, I took it as these. Uh, I was gonna suggest titles like glimmers of hope. Okay. Right. So in my mind, lots of bad, mm-hmm. some some good stuff here and there. Right. Uh, so this is a glass half full, half empty reading. I guess so. And normally, it, just a little insight into our office dynamics. Admittedly, I tend to be a bit more of the glass half empty guy. If I'm being honest. That's like, true. I am that guy. You are being honest. I'm the old. I'm yeah. the old grumpy man, despite being younger uh, in the staff. So. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I don't necessarily see it the same way. But let's let's get into it and and let's let our uh, our listeners decide for themselves. Not that it's a competition. Let the reader decide. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So the forest is just that, that this is up and down. This mm-hmm. is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to see God continue to do His good work despite the trouble that uh, Israel, particularly Judah, is bringing on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do bring a lot of trouble. They do. Yeah. So they let's do. talk about that trouble. So we start off with Isaiah. Yeah. Let's finish off the book of Isaiah. Sure, sure. So, um, so I, Isaiah kind of continues towards the end. Kind of, we, we ended last week with the promises of the Messiah who's coming. And so Isaiah 54 is this promise of restoration. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the, the following chapters are, are just, in my opinion, just, just gold. I mean, we're, we're given all of these all these great little snippets, right? There, there's these pr- this promise in Isaiah 54 for the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you and my Preach. covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Come, everyone who thirsts. Mm. Come to the waters. Mm. And he who has no money, come and buy and eat. Come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligent to me. 
eat what is good and delight yourselves in the rich food. Yeah. Yeah. Pow. Yeah. And and what I love about the this this promise of restoration and this this promise of new life is as we continue to read the next the very next chapter, I mean the title that's given in in the in the Bible that we have, right, is is the salvation for foreigners, right? And and so like we're included in that. We we yes. are we are the foreigners who have been gathered into Israel. Right. right? We get to participate in this wonderful promise that Isaiah is prophesying about. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, how wonderful it is. I, you know, I'm, I'm reading about, you know, you're reading about how Isaiah is talking about, you know, people from these foreign lands, these far off places, people that did not know God will know God. Mm-hmm. Right. People who who um, were in utter ignorance will come to know him in this beautiful and wonderful way. And so that's something that we're we get to be a part of that story, which is which I love. Yeah, so last night, I, I don't remember how we got on the conversation, but last night, Analia, our oldest daughter, mm. about to turn nine, wow, uh, said something about Psalms being her, her favorite book, that she just loves the Psalms. Uh, and my wife said, the whole story of Scripture exists within the Psalms. Mm. And I gave a little, hmm, let me think about that. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if it's true or not, it might have just been her trying to defend her position, but she said she got that from Timothy Keller. Okay. So that might that might have just been, I hope he doesn't look it up. <laughs> but I'm going to have to look it up. But I, the more I thought about it, the more I thought Isaiah truly mm. is all of Scripture. Yeah. The creation, God as the creator exists, mm-hmm. even from the beginning, right? He calls all of creation, and he says, I'm your maker. Mm-hmm. And we are going to gather around and, and look on this. The fall of man into sin exists. The righteousness of God, God's hand at carrying through all things that take place on this earth, as you mentioned, almost a throwback to Job, yeah, exists there. Uh, the fall, the rise and fall of Israel, that he raised Israel up, that they uh, fell, that they would lose their uh, their position as God's people set apart, uh, that Christ would come. All, like, I know that there are uh, allusions to Jesus in the Psalms. Yeah. But they're pretty explicit in Isaiah. In Isaiah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? So it happens typologically, mm-hmm. and then it happens almost explicitly. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and then that there would come a day when the Gentiles would be called in. Mm-hmm. And that there would be eschatology. Yeah. All of it exists within Isaiah. Is it possible for a person to read Isaiah and come to a knowledge of the person, a saving knowledge of the person of Christ, apart from a New Testament text? That's a bigger question than I'm willing to answer right now, but I got to thinking about it. Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Yeah. Do you know why he didn't have to go to a new members class? Because it was Isaiah that he was reading? Yeah. And Philip's like, oh, you've read Isaiah, you've got it. Let me just give you a name to put to that. Mm-hmm. That's why he didn't have to do his New Testament classes. That's why he got baptized immediately. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. That's actually, that's actually not exactly true. I just made up that last part. He probably still had to do a new members class. <laughs> because he was who was gonna do it though 
because well, <laughs> Philip gets Philip taken away. Disappeared. Yeah, right. Right. So hopefully, somebody sorted him out. I'm sure. I'm sure. Right. Right. Somebody. <laughs> somebody had to walk him through that. Right. To figure out exactly where what committee he needed to be on. Yeah. 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 So, and then, you know, Isaiah kind of continues, and there's this whole idea, I mean, there's kind of this pendulum swing back and forth in Isaiah, right? Like, he talks about the the injustice that has been going on, right? He talks mm-hmm. about those who fast with the wrong motives, right? You know, why, why are you fasting if you're not caring for the poor? Why, why are you fasting if you're not loving your neighbor and doing these things, right? So that's, you know, there, there is still some, some, an indictment against, Israel for what is about to come, right? There, there was a there was a, a passage in Isaiah fifty nine, uh, which says, "Your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue mutters wickedness. No one enters suit justly. No one goes to law honestly. They rely on empty pleas. They speak lies. They conceive mischief, and they give birth to iniquity. They hatch adders' eggs. They weave the spiders' eggs." He who eats their eggs dies, and from the one that is crushed, a viper is hatched. And so that last verse, the one that's crushed by this wicked system, often becomes wicked themselves. And and I thought, that kind of hit me as I was reading that. I'm thinking, isn't that so true, right? That the, that the broken and fallen nature of this world, when it hits us hard, so many people come out of it worse, right? right. When they, those who suffer injustice often then turn around and become perpetrators of injustice. Right. Right. You think of those who suffer from broken families and poverty and are have been victims of crime so often turn around and become perpetrators of that very same thing. Right. Those who are crushed become a viper themselves. Um, and this pattern of, of brokenness and this pattern of fallenness and, and corruption um, is something that we need to be rescued from because it's been going on and continues to go on um, throughout all of human history. Right. It's a compounding nature of things, mm-hmm. right? A, a downward spiral that Christ interrupts, mm-hmm. right? And that the redemptive narrative is there to interrupt. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the one who interrupts that is Christ himself. And so the la- I know I've read a few passages, but the last, the last little bit of Isaiah is from Isaiah 61. And this is actually what, this is what, when Jesus is about to start his ministry and he stands up in the tabernacle and he opens up the scroll of Isaiah, mm-hmm. he reads from the very end of Isaiah and he says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor and he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to pray, proclaim liberty to the captives. And it, go, and it goes on and on. And, and it's just so interesting to see how Jesus explicitly in his ministry is identifying himself as right. the one who was promised in Isaiah. He's like, you guys have read Isaiah and you're, you're longing for the day of the fulfillment of the promises that Isaiah spoke of. I am the fulfillment. It's right. me. This has been fulfilled in your hearing. And he sits down and they reject him, of course, because that's right. That's what they do. But you know, it, it, when he does that, when he reads that and says, this has been fulfilled in your presence, mm-hmm. I wish they had used codex at the time instead of scrolls mm. because you could have, you can close the book with a little bit of a snap. <laughs> they didn't have a microphone for him to drop. That's true. So he just has to roll up the scrolls, mm-hmm. cool, calm, and collected, mm-hmm. pass them off and let people think what they're thinking. Mm. But uh, that was quite a move. Mm-hmm. Because now that you've now that you've read the context that that passage is in, 
you understand that this is not just, oh good, the Messiah is here, but judgment is on Israel, and there is salvation for the remnant. Yeah. And, uh, and for him to claim that is, uh, is massive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Massive. Yeah. So we made a big deal about Isaiah at the beginning. Isaiah's done. Yeah. Good stuff. It was. It was. Golden. And then we get into, there's a little bit of narrative that we get, um, kind of the fallout after Hezekiah. So we kind of get a reprise of the story of Hezekiah. And and some redundancies. Yeah, you're gonna You're going to hear the story more than once. So it'll be the kind of week where you're reading the story, and the difference between 2 Kings and and Chronicles is almost identical. Yeah. Almost verbatim, and you find yourself going, wait a minute, did I pick up on the wrong day? Am I rereading something that I've already read? Mm. No, keep going. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's just the, the two tellings of the same story. Yeah, because Hezekiah has a son. Right. Hezekiah's son is a guy named Manasseh. Yeah. He's not He's not, He's not. not the greatest. So for all the good that... Like we, were, we were riding high. Hezekiah does a good job. Yeah. And, uh, and brings back some of the things that uh, had been lost... And tore down the tore high. Tore down the high places. That's right. So Manasseh comes along, and I made a little list here. I didn't put down everything. Mm. These are just some of the things that stood out to me. Manasseh builds himself some high places. Strike one. Good job, kid. <laughs> for for all the times that we, it, it, not just we, but the Bible slays these kings for not tearing them down. Mm-hmm. He decides to put them up. Yeah. That's a whole other level of wrong. Yeah. Whole sure. other level of wrong. So he builds himself some high places. Uh, he makes human sacrifices. Yeah, of his own children. Of his own children mm-hmm. uh, to these uh, foreign gods. Um, and then, uh, then he decides to make himself an idol. I guess he couldn't find, maybe he ran out of high places to worship at. Mm. Couldn't find himself a proper temple, so he takes his idol into Solomon's temple and places it in the house of God. Man. Dude, come on. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen, man? Oh, yeah. Hey, guys, where should I put this thing? Yeah, yeah. There's, it, a, there's a shed over there. Yeah. It's kind of fancy. We'll use it. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Oh, man. And then the... And at this time, right, there's a prophet of God who comes and says, God says to you, Manasseh, because of what you're doing, essentially he says, God is going to wipe you like mm-hmm. like you're a dirty dish. Those exact words. <laughs> going to wipe Judah as one wipes a dirty dish. Yeah. And I can only see, how do we wipe a dirty dish? One, he's, he's not talking about scrubbing the pan. Mm-hmm. No, he's talking about like, oh, there are a couple of crumbs left, maybe a little ketchup, right? Mm-hmm. The water's running, just a nice nice wash rag across the top of it, mm. maybe whistling a little tune. <laughs> <laughs> Effortless. Yep. Clean. Mm. No trace. Yep. Whistle while you work. Yep. Oh, man. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. But then Eamon comes along. Yeah, and he's bad like his dad. In some cases, he's so bad <laughs> that his own servants kill him. 
That's true. Yeah. He's so bad <laughs> that these people who are who are enslaved to him, fear of the king kind of thing, are willing mm-hmm. willing to take upon them whatever is coming at them. Yeah. Just to get rid of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't happen a lot in Judah's history, but uh Am- Amnon is a bad he's a bad character. Um but there's a, another glimmer of hope. Another glimmer of hope to Yeah. Him. We get Josiah, who's only eight years old when he becomes king. Josiah. Which is crazy when you think about it. And I'm sure there were stewards and other people who kind of assisted him in, in his in his reign. But even from a young age, he starts doing some pretty good things. Yeah. I, I mean, after you've had these other two, what can an eight-year-old do? <laughs> yeah, well, he repairs. How can he, how re- can he, how could he make it worse? <laughs> well, no, he makes it better. He repairs the temple. Right. They, they find the book of the law as they're they're fixing up the temple. The priests are like, oh, hey, we found this book. It's the book of the law, which no one has had apparently for a long time. So I, I love how they keep saying like the, the ESV translation keeps saying a book. Yeah. Right. Like not the law, because that would that would help us as readers mm-hmm. say, oh, we know what book they found. Yeah. But it meant nothing to them. Mm-hmm. So much so as when people were talking about this, they were just saying, we found a book. They're like, okay, we'll read it. And he brought me a book. Yeah. Let's read the book. They read the book and, and he, Josiah, as this, this young king, he's tearing his robes because he realizes the consequences of what Israel has been doing. Um, and which, shows, which shows a heart consecrated to God. Mm-hmm. And some pretty strong hands for an eight-year-old. <laughs> I think by this point he's like he's a teenager. I think this is. I, I don't want to think that. Okay, <laughs> just this eight-year-old just tearing <laughs> right. his kingly robe. He's got it together. Yeah, no, I think he's like sixteen or twenty or something at this point. But anyways, but still young guy. Um, and then Josiah gets bad news, good news. Yeah. F- before you get it. Let's, okay. All right. Let's stick with the. I looked it up. Okay. In Hebrew, Josiah means. Jehovah has healed. Mm. Nice. So that's great. And, and great name. Fitting. Fitting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it gets bad news. Good news. So the bad news is, Josiah, you are correct. After reading this law and understanding the consequences, God is definitely going to destroy Judah. But because of your repentant heart, because of what you're done, because of your faithfulness, it's not going to happen in your time. The same promise that Hezekiah got. Essentially. Yeah, essentially, yeah. And and Josiah Josiah goes on this rampage against idol worshipers. Like he's oh, just man. He's just taking names. Oh man, he is like, yeah, he's all over the place. He burns the bones of the priests mm-hmm. on their own altars. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Walks into the room. I'm here to end worship in this temple. Mm-hmm. Guys is okay. He says, no. Hop up there. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Yeah. Josiah's pretty cool. And it says he's an end. It says he's essentially the best king. He was the most he followed the pattern of David better than any other. He was the best king of Judah. Two uh, Kings twenty three though. Like so I I I I've taught through the Bible a, a couple of times mm-hmm. in, in different churches 
And, uh, and, and in some cases, this same sort of read through the Bible chronologically sort of thing. In, in some cases, it was more big picture kind of stuff. And, and inevitably, someone comes at it with this, why would God give people a law that they couldn't keep mm. and then destroy them for not keeping it? And these are people who would call themselves Christians. Right. Right? Who who just say, I'm not buying it. That's not the kind of God that I want to worship, mm-hmm. but would still call themselves Christians for whatever reason. Sure. They had just this blanket misunderstanding of, one, what the law is, and the what it means to say no one can keep the law. Mm-hmm. Right? When, when, when the New Testament talks about the law not being something someone can keep, it, it doesn't mean that these statutes were so heavy— or or impossible, right? Like fly, yeah. You know, and just like, well, it can't be done. Mm-hmm. And that's not what what's being talked about there. And at the same time, they have such a misunderstanding of the depth of failure mm-hmm. that Israel practices, mm-hmm. right? Both kingdoms practice yeah. at this point, and. And I just think that that's such a tragic thing. And one of those one of those depths of depravity shows up here in this story in, in two Kings twenty three when he's talking about them conducting the Passover. And in it, they say, no such Passover had been observed since Samuel. It's crazy. Samuel. Mm-hmm. Even David and Solomon, that's which is crazy, which surprised me. Yeah, and 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 so this is where we have a little bit of difference between uh, Kings and Chronicles because one of them says since the judges. Yeah, well, Samuel was the judge, right? Yeah, but still, but yeah. what I'm just saying is like, so Samuel's also there for the time of the kings. Mm-hmm. True, right? Um, so we're not even talking about Saul, mm-hmm. David mm-hmm. kind of time. We're talking yeah. about the time before that. Yeah. Potentially. Mm-hmm. And so that they would not recognize the Passover for hundreds of years. Yeah. Come on. Like that is that is that is Judaism 101. Yeah. 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 It's 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 crazy. Yeah. We sometimes. Yeah. We, we misunderstand the degree to which Israel had abandoned their God for the vast majority of their history. Um. So, yeah, I mean, moving on to the story, Josiah dies in battle. Yeah. Right? Like going going into battle when he shouldn't have. Probably shouldn't have, yeah. He, yeah. like, dressed up like a common soldier, mm-hmm. I think, to try and get away with it, which, you know, so- seems noble, seems like the kind of thing you'd write a movie about, but mm-hmm. dies in battle. Um, and essentially, then once he's gone, everything begins to fall apart, and we're we're... We're just Back on, to the bad. on the cusp of of the, the worst suffering that we're going to see in the nation of Judah's history. And then that's it. That's it for the narrative. Yeah. We have a, a, a bit of an aside. Mm-hmm. Because so far we've been talking only about Judah yep. and Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Nahum mm-hmm. comes in, a prophet for Nineveh. Yeah. And uh, so far, Nineveh has stood, because of the story of Jonah, as 
the example of repentance. Yeah. But even even that up and down takes place in Nineveh. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. now Nineveh is on the downside. Yeah. So this is about 100 years after Jonah went to Nineveh. Right. Right. And at, at, at Jonah's time, God was about to use the Assyrians to bring about judgment for all of these different peoples, including the northern kingdom of Israel, wiping them out. Mm-hmm. But now Nineveh and Assyria have fallen, right? And they're they're going to be the recipients of what they've been dishing out. Um, and God has raised up a new empire, a new people who are going to be his instrument of destruction, the Babylonians. Right. And so the the time of the time of Nineveh, the time of Assyrian dominance is, is coming to an end. Um, there's some cool stuff in, in Nahum, some interesting things that I noticed, right? God um, identifies himself and explains his own glory and power and justice. He uses um, the same description that he did at the burning bush with Moses in Exodus. Um, so there's there's some, some really cool language and, and beautiful kind of imagery that's laid out about the person of God his his justice and his power um but yeah so but what's what's the what's the the lesson here i guess is like what 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 is the takeaway from the book of nahum um i guess for me what i what i read is that god will not allow evil empires to endure forever right right he he will he will at times work in them and through them for a time but their own wickedness and their own pride, he will not allow them to last forever. And I mean, just look at human history, right? What we're going to see in, in biblical times, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome, but Rome falls, right? And then you have all these other kingdoms and oppressive empires and dictators, and and and, and God is working through history, even through these these nasty characters in human history, but he will not allow them to maintain their evil ways forever. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna get theirs. Nahum three, starting in verse fourteen, God has told them all that He's gonna do to them. And then in verse fourteen, He tells them, "Draw water for the siege, and strengthen your forts. Go into the clay. Tread the mortar. Take hold of the brick mold." So He's telling them, "Hey, here's what you need to do." I'm coming at you. You need to strengthen yourself. Go ahead. This is no surprise attack. Mm -hmm. Get your weapons ready. Build up your fort. Make sure you got the food and water. I'm still going to destroy you. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, I will come like the locusts. Mm -hmm. You increased your merchants more than the stars of heaven. The locusts spread out its wings. And flies away. Yeah, the very the very last verse, there is no easing your hurt. Your wound is grievous. All who hear this news about you clap their hands over you. For slow upon, clap. <laughs> slow clap. For upon whom has not come your unceasing evil? Right? This wickedness. And I'm telling you guys, like, you study uh, the Assyrians, study ancient history. The Assyrians were, they were, they were a nasty bunch. They were mm-hmm. a nasty, nasty bunch. And uh, and there were a lot of people happy to see them fall, right? In, including God, <laughs> in this case. Yeah. So let's tally up the score here, mm. because you said, "Good day, good stuff." 
Yeah, I think I still think so in the balance of it all. In the balance of it all. All right. So <laughs> you get points for Hezekiah, who was predominantly last week, but we, he was here this week. Okay. I'll give you I'll give you half credit. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take anything I can get. I get Josiah. You get Josiah. You know what? Two points for Josiah. Thank you. Good work there. Thank you. Um, I get. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, sorry. Yep. Okay, can you continue? But we'll we'll come. Back. I, I'd say Isaiah balances out. I would disagree, but that's okay. Because because he's back and forth on the destruction and the redemption, destruction and redemption. I think I could just say Manasseh and call it a game. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah but what about the okay fall of assyria though positive or negative i see that as a positive but the assyrians had given themselves to god a long and time he, ago a oh. generation two generations ago and he had rescued them from and they've fallen again no there's a story Nothing. about Manasseh repenting too, so I don't know. Maybe so Manas <laughs> Manasseh does repent in the end. That's true. His son doesn't. No, that's true. And they make note of that. That's true. That's he true. dies in his wickedness. Mm -hmm. He repents, but he doesn't tear down those high places that's or true. any of the idols or whatever. That's true. That's true. We'll let everybody else decide. <laughs> and uh, they can call me back and let me know what I've won. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, highlights? You know what? I think um, I think just Josiah as the as a figure mm -hmm. was just a real highlight. Um, just reading about you know him, even in his young age, just taking the initiative to to honor God, to rebuild the temple, to end idol worship. Um, the degree to which he deals with the this false worship seems extreme to us. But it really isn't. I mean, these are people who committed human sacrifice. He says, "Okay, <laughs> you want to you want to kill people on your altar? Uh, I can think of one great candidate to end this." So right. I, I like Josiah. Right. This is how we make sure it doesn't happen again. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and, and for me, it's just that it's that Isaiah fifty-five mm. that I read. Mm -hmm. Right. Just that call. Mm -hmm. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, that come and, and without money, buy, eat, and, and not just scarcely, not apologetically, but richly come. Uh, I, I just feel like that's, that is such a reminder for me. When I go before God and I feel like I don't belong here, I got nothing, God says, Come, yeah. And I'm like, but, but I, but I have nothing to give in exchange for what you're giving me. Mm -hmm. And he says, "Come." Mm -hmm. And I think to myself sometimes, well, okay, well, I'll come, but I'm gonna, I'm not gonna receive because that's, I don't. It's enough that I'm here. Mm -hmm. I don't need to partake. And he says. Eat and drink. Come. You know, the, the, the presence and the relationship that we have with God is undeserved. Mm -hmm. But he knows that. Yeah. I'm the one that has to learn that. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and I need to stop reminding God 
that I don't deserve what he has done for me. Right. He knows that better than I do because there are there are days, there are moments when I forget that and I think I'm pretty good. <laughs> but he knows. Yeah. And and in spite of it all, he he doesn't say come, oh wait, you don't have money. No, he says those of you with no money come. Mhm. Identifying that on the front end. Mhm. Um it's just it's just gorgeous. Mhm. Gorgeous. Well, thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada. And it's produced by Alex Walker. Have a good day, everybody. See you later.